Is that better? Woo! <laughs> you can hear me now. Okay, good evening. I'm glad to be here with you tonight. We have, well, I forgot I'm going to hang it upside down. One more try. We good now? Okay. I'm glad to be here. Uh, sorry, Jordan and David aren't here with me, but uh, oh well, that's the way it goes, right? Um, we're very glad to be here. I'm glad Carrie could come with me. We drove in from Dallas today and uh, fought the wind all the way here, and as we got close, got to see the dust in the air, and I thought, ah, it's Amarillo. <laughs> Do y'all know, whoa, that term right there? If you know that term right there, you're probably younger than Jason. Because he had to ask his son what this means. YOLO, it's something that you hear a lot, and it's an acronym that stands for you only live once. Okay, and that's the idea. And you hear young people say that a lot. They'll go out and do something crazy and something wild, and they go, YOLO, you know, you only live once. And the idea is you shouldn't be concerned about making plans. You shouldn't be driven by fear or thinking through everything you do. Just go do it because you just live once. And if you just live once, you got to grab all you can get out of life. You got to go out and live your life and meet your dreams, fulfill all that you want to do. We're going to talk about that as an idea tonight. You know, Life is short and the world is wide. If you get an opportunity to go to Alaska while Jordan and David are up there, you may see this because this is what we saw when we were up there just recently. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that gorgeous? There are a lot of places in this world I would like to travel. I've been blessed to get to travel a lot of, a lot of places. But, I mean, isn't traveling cool? Don't some of you like travel? Don't you enjoy that? Some of you may be not so much, but uh, some of you love that. Well, why not? Why not just drop out of school and go backpack through Europe, right? YOLO. You only live once. You might as well do it. Have you ever driven really fast? I mean, really fast, like 120 or 130. Or... Now listen, don't do it. It's dumb. It's the way people die. But it's fun. <laughs> I mean, it's really, really fun. It's exciting. And the adrenaline, why not? YOLO. I mean, you only live once. You might as get all your car will give you, right? Maybe you go, well, that's a little crazy for me. I wouldn't want to do that. But I might go party with my friends at the casino. I mean, you ever been to the casino? Woo! It's fun. You might walk in there with 10 bucks and walk out with a thousand. I mean, YOLO, wouldn't that be great? Let's all do that. No? Maybe we want to smoke a little weed. You know, that's becoming more and more acceptable in our world today. Was at a church fellowship just recently, and I won't tell you where it was, but a young man showed up wearing a dispensary t-shirt from some weed shop somewhere. I mean, is there anything wrong with that? As long as you're not out 
you know, driving while you're high or something. I mean, YOLO, you only live once. You might as well. How can you criticize it if you hadn't done it? Well, I would never do anything like that. No, not me. But now, I like me some food. (laughs) There's a place in Dallas I've never been. They call it the Heart Attack Grill. And they will stack as many of those nasty patties on there, as much cheese as you want. You can get 20 or 30 if you want stacked up. I mean, why not? Just eat whatever you want, whenever you want, as much as you want, because YOLO, I mean, life's too short to miss a good burger, right? You only live once. Maybe you think life is too short to be stuck in a job you don't like. You ever had a job you don't like? I say, yeah, right now. Well, just quit. I mean, quit your job. Quit school. You don't like school? Quit. Life is too short to be stuck doing something you don't want to do when you can do something you do want to do. I mean, my goodness, if you're stuck at a job all the time, how are you ever going to get famous? Right? you got to spend time doing your TikTok. You can't spend all your time working. Why not? YOLO. I've never seen this lady myself, but I've seen about her. Maybe some of y'all like her and watch her. She has a show and she tells you how to simplify your life. And she says you need to get rid of anything and anyone that doesn't make you happy. She says, you walk around your house and you pick up a bowl and you hold it. Does it give you joy? And if it doesn't, get rid of it. And if it does, keep it. I mean, that sounds like a pretty effective way to have a happy life, right? Get rid of anything and anyone that gives you any grief or trouble. YOLO, you only live once. Joel Osteen tell you, you need to live your best life now. Get out there and grab whatever you want and live that way. Now, YOLO is the term for the younger folks because us middle-aged guys don't know that. I'm going to go real old on you here. There was a lady who was really famous for saying something about living once. Her name was Mae West. Do any of y'all remember Mae West? Yes? Very few of you? Okay, if you're over 70... You might remember Mae West. She said, you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. She was well known, evidently, for being wild and just doing whatever she wanted to do. Now, I want to give you another quote that goes right along with all of this. The hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear His voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Now that's what Jesus said. Jesus said the day is going to come that everyone in their grave is going to hear the voice of the Master. And they're going to come out of that grave. And depending on how they lived this life, the life you're in right now, the things you do right now, depending on the choices you made now, that is going to determine whether you come out to eternal life or you come out to eternal condemnation. 
You see, strictly speaking, Christianity and YOLO are the exact opposites. It can't be any more opposite than that, strictly speaking. Jesus said it's not true that you should just do whatever you want to do and live life to its fullest. Now, I know there's a, there's a temptation to go, well, we shouldn't be controlled by fear. We shouldn't worry all the time about what other people think. And, and there's a grain of truth in that. There is. But it's not true that your purpose in this life is to grab all you can get in fun out of this life. Because there's coming a life that will be much longer that will last for all eternity, that is determined by the choices that we make in this life. And that's what I want to talk with you about just a little bit. You know, this idea of just living life without thinking about it, and without making any plans, and without intention in this life, is not a new idea. It's an old idea. Haggai talked about it back when he was a prophet. He said, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. And I'm going to ask you this week to consider your ways, to think about the way you live your life, to think about the things that you choose to fill your life with and how you choose to go about your relationships and your service to God and all of the other facets of your life. Paul said it this way, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So what he says here is, you should walk circumspectly. Do you know what circumspect means? Circum is around, like circumference means something that's around. Circle is, comes from the same root word. And spect means look, like spectacles, like you inspect something, okay? So he says, as you live your life, you're to walk circumspectly. That means looking around, paying attention to where you are and what you're doing and what's going on around you and the impact that your words and your behavior have on other people around you. Think about the life that you live. Consider it. Examine it. Here's a quote that I really like. It says, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. I want you to think about that. If Jesus was the Son of God, and if He did die on the cross for our sins which I believe is true. I believe that's true. But if He did, then really that's all that matters in this life to me. I mean, yeah, I want to take vacations. Yeah, I want to have a good relationship with my kids. Yeah, I want to get a good job and support my family. Yeah, I want us to have freedom of religion in America. Yeah, but really, if, I'm, if I lose all of that other stuff, as long as I don't lose Jesus, that's all that matters right? If He's not the Son of God, if He's not who He claimed to be, if He did not come out of the grave, He means absolutely nothing. He's just a, a fraud, if He even existed. He means nothing. And you should not spend 
I mean, you should spend zero time studying him and his words and trying to live the way he said to live if it's not true. You see, the one thing that it can't be true is Christianity can't be kind of important. And you know, the problem is here in America and probably all over the world, that's the one thing we try to make it, isn't it? I mean, we try to make Christianity kind of true, or not maybe all true, but kind of important. I mean, it's really important, but, you know, i got a lot of other important things too. And, yeah, I, you know, I want to serve God, and I want to go to church, and I want, but there's a lot of other stuff involved in my life. And, you know, let's not get crazy about this now. And you may not think it exactly that way, but that functionally is the idea. There's no part-time Christianity. There's no part-time place for being a Christian. You can't be a Christian at work and not a Christian at home. You can't be a Christian at church and not a Christian at school. It has to be an all-or-nothing kind of thing. Now, you say, well, that's good, but you're saying that I can't live my life any way I want? I mean, I can't just follow my dreams and do whatever I want with my life. I mean, it, it's my life. Well, if you've been purchased by Jesus Christ, you belong to Him. And you need to do what He says. You say, okay, well, what does He require of me? I mean, what's the minimum daily requirement of Christianity? What is it that I have to do? I want to cover a few of those things that you have to do. Number one, God requires repentance. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. You know, there's a, a big movement religiously in America, come as you are, right? We even sing a song, just as I am, right? Lord, take me just as I am. I'm going to come to you just as I am. Is that true? Do we come to Jesus just as we are? What do you think? You can nod your head, yes or no, right? Oh, um, we got some of this going on, <laughs> Okay. Yes, we come to Jesus where we are. We come to Jesus just as we are. But what's not true is the rest of this idea that's popular in America, and that's come as you are, stay as you are. You can't stay as you are if you come to Jesus Christ. That's not Christianity. Christianity isn't just, I live my life and I do whatever I want to do and I follow my dreams and I fulfill myself and oh yeah, I'm a Christian. That's not Christianity. Christianity requires repentance. Now, repentance, you all know what that means, right? You've probably heard lots of sermons. Repent means I'm walking this direction and I stop and I turn around and walk the other direction. It means I change my mind so completely that it produces a change in my life. Okay? Repentance is required. Jesus said, if you don't repent, you're going to repent. You're going to perish. And I'll tell you, if you aren't different than you would have been without Jesus, you didn't repent and you're not saved. You have to be different. So let me ask you honestly, are you any different? Are you different than you would have been without Jesus? Is there anything you can point to in your life and go, you know what? I changed that because of Jesus. There needs to be. 
Another thing he requires is belief. If you believe not that I am he, you will die in your sins. Now, it's easy to believe when you don't have any choice, right? The difficulty of believing is when you have a choice. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God? I suspect you do, or you wouldn't be here tonight unless your parents made you come. Okay? Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe the word Jesus? If I say He is God's Son, if I say Jesus Christ is deity, what that means is He was never, ever wrong about anything He said. Do you think that's true? Heard a guy say recently, he said, Well, I'm a Christian, but I believe the Bible needs to be updated. He was being sincere. He thought that the, the culture and the world had left the old archaic morality of the Bible behind and that we as Christians should all openly accept LGBTQ plus and on and on. And he thought that's what we needed to do. And he said, we need to update the Bible. Do you believe that? Or do you believe Jesus? Do you believe the words of Jesus are still the same and carry the same authority and the same weight that they always did? You have to believe that He's a Son of God or you can't be right with Him. If you believe not that I am He, you will die in your sins. And we're not moving anymore. Hello? Ah, there we go. If you don't trust and believe in Jesus, you will die in your sins. Another thing that's required is baptism. You have to be baptized into Jesus Christ. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and for the remission of sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You have to choose to be baptized. Have you made that choice? You might say, well, I'm going to someday. One of these days I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be baptized. One of these days I'm going to be like Christ and be baptized like He was. You need to do that. That's a requirement. That's not an option. It's not something you can choose to say, well, maybe someday I'll do that. Baptism is your birth into God's family. And if you refuse it, you're never born into the family of God. So why would anyone refuse that? The last thing here is to live faithful unto death. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. You see, faithfulness is the challenge. And that's what we're going to talk a lot about this week, is this challenge of faithfulness. Okay? Faithfulness is commitment to the point of death. The Scriptures say, be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of, of life. Okay? Are you faithful? You don't have to answer me out loud. But I want you to think honestly in your own heart. Are you faithful? Are you living faithfully to Christ? I want to talk to you about three things that faithfulness means. Number one, faithfulness to God means you place nothing ahead of Him. There is nothing more important to you than Jesus Christ. Look at this. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now, we all know that uh, we can't place our hobbies in front of God, you know, right? We can't do stuff like that. But this passage 
He equates it to your family. You can't place anyone or anything as more important than God. Well, what does that look like? I mean, what does it mean to say something's more important than God? Because we would all say, oh no, nothing's more important than God, wouldn't we? Okay, we would all say that. But what does that mean? It means when I ever have a choice between serving God or not serving God, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the cost, regardless of the people involved, I always choose Jesus. I always choose Christ. I know a fella who quit his job because they were going to ask him to work consistently on a certain Sunday. Okay? Now, he wasn't going to have to miss every church service, but they were going to require him to start working a portion of Sundays. And you know what this guy did? He quit. He told them no. He said, if you'll make it to where I can go to church and never have to miss, I'll stay. But if you're going to make me miss church, here's my resignation. And he quit. Would you quit your job over something like that? Would you say he took a stand for what he believed was more important? He took a stand for Christ? Would you call that taking a stand? I would. I was very proud of that fella. Fast forward a few years. Has a child that's real good in sports. Same family, same person. Makes it to church about once every other month. Why? Well, kids are in sports. Now, I'm not just picking on sports. I'm going to tell you, my point is this. When it came to do with what his child was doing, and his child was good at, and his child enjoyed, he was willing to compromise. When it came to other things, he wasn't. And I can remember this person standing up in front of the church and talking about how he made this decision to quit his job, and, and I was, you know... But the reality is, when it came to this, there was a problem. Now, I'm not judging his heart. I, God, I leave the judgment to God. But I'm telling you, if you're going to be faithful to Jesus, He's got to be more important to you than these other things. Look what Jesus said. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. You have to check where your heart is. You know, sometimes... A young man will tell a young lady, I love you with all my heart. Any young men ever said that? Or old men said it when you were young men? Right? Really, biblically speaking, all your heart needs to belong to Jesus. doesn't need to belong to your spouse. Now, you should love your spouse because Jesus tells you to love your spouse. And it's important and valuable for you to love your spouse. But all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind have to belong to Him. Look at this. They have conquered Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. What that means is even if the choice is between me staying alive or serving Jesus, I choose to serve Jesus. That's what it means. Now, you might go, wow. I don't know. I mean, if they kicked in the doors right now and came in here with guns and, you know, were sticking them up to your head and saying, deny Jesus or die, I don't know if I'd have the faith to do that. Well, right now you don't need that faith because nobody's kicking in the door. 
But you do need to have the commitment that no matter what the cost, you're willing to do it for Jesus. You're willing to spend whatever it costs. Remember the pearl of great price? How that guy went and sold everything he had just to go buy that pearl of great price? And that's the idea of placing nothing ahead of Jesus. Another thing that this means is being an active, committed part of the church. Okay, look at this. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You have heard that verse preached on a hundred or a thousand times if you've been in church very long. Seek the kingdom of God first, right? What does that mean? Well, it means put His kingdom above all the other things that come up in this life. You should be involved, though, not just in the assemblies of the church. You shouldn't just be one of the ones that's going to be at the meeting every night this week, although that would be a good start. What you should be is someone whose life is engaged in and involved in Everything about the church. You see, it means something to you. It's valuable to you. God's kingdom and God's people are more important than your other social engagements. Lord, I will follow you anywhere, but I'm not going there. Lord, I will follow you anywhere, but I don't really have time right now. I want to do it some other time. I want to do it in a different situation. Lord, I want to read my Bible, but, you know, i got to get through my yearly reading of the Harry Potter series. <laughs> and i got to get that done, Lord. Lord, I want, to read the, I want to study the Bible, but you know, my favorite show is going off Netflix at the end of the month. And I, I mean, i got to binge to get it all in, or I'm going to miss it. Lord, I want to study the Bible, but you know, every time I do, it's just confusing and it's hard, and I don't understand stuff, and I find myself getting frustrated, and, and so, you know, it's just better if I just don't. Lord, I love you, and Lord, I want to, but Lord, I'd love to be at worship, but you know, we, we had plans this week. I mean, we only get one summer week for our vacation. We got to take that, you know, and we don't, have, we don't have time, Lord. Lord, I'd love to be there, but you know what? I really need that overtime pay. It, you know, we got Christmas coming up. It's only just a few months away now, right? And I know the grandkids are going to want... and. Lord, I really need that extra overtime pay. Lord, I would love to be at worship, but, you know, my grandkids have birthday parties. <laughs> I can't miss my grandbaby's birthday parties now. That's important, Lord. And all this boils down to, Lord, I love you, but... Lord, I love you, but there's something else that's more important to me. I heard someone say something recently that kind of struck me when he said it. And the more I've thought about it, the more I've decided he's right. He said, if the church is worshiping or there's some kind of church function, regardless of what it is, something you could be involved in with the kingdom of God, and you choose to do something else, it's because you believe that other thing is more important than what's going on with your church family. Do you think that's right? I think generally that's right. And you know, there's a difference between can't and choose not to. 
You know, if you're, I'm not saying you need to come to church if you got COVID and you're going to spread it to everybody. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's a difference between I can't be there and, well, I could, but I've chosen to do something else. And I'm not just talking about the assemblies of the church either. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as a habit of some is, but encouraging one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Do you think if instead of me preaching, holding your meeting, if we could get the Apostle Paul to come hold this meeting, do you think we'd have a bigger crowd than we do tonight? Yeah? You think just a few more people? It would be, parking lot would be full, wouldn't it? Okay? Even back in the day that Paul was going around preaching, it was the habit of some to neglect meeting together. It's important that that not be your habit. And finally, you need to have godly moral character if you're going to be faithful to God. That's just a requirement of Christianity. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. He said, don't let it once be named. I want to tell you, God is a loving God. He loves you and He will never stop loving you. It doesn't matter what you do. He will always love you and He will always want to save you and He will always want you to come back. But Jesus didn't die so you could be sinful. He didn't die so you could do the sinful things you like to do and be forgiven. That's not why He died. He died to change you. He died to make you different. All these things up here, this is shameful. This should never be mentioned among God's people anywhere that a person is involved in any of these kinds of things. Look at this one. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, all those things up there, those are things that people do and then say YOLO. Those things. And God says, this is what people do who don't want to go to heaven. Who don't want to be a part of the kingdom of God. If you're drunkard, if you excessively drink alcohol, God says, if that's your choice for life, a lifestyle, you're not going to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. If it's your choice of a lifestyle to be involved in uncleanness or lasciviousness, you're not going to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. It's, if it's your part in life, your choice to live a life of envy, then you're not going to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. And that's what the apostles of Jesus told us. That Christianity is not just a kind of thing. But Christianity is a complete and wholehearted thing. So, we look at this. We're to believe, repent, be baptized, and be faithful, which means place nothing ahead of Him, be an active, committed part of the church, and have godly, moral character. 
I want to close with this passage right here. And I saw a great white throne, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Now he says there's a day coming where there will be all of us gathered again together just like we are tonight. And we'll be before the throne of God. And we'll each have our turn. And God has a book. And He's going to open that book and He's going to read about your works out of that book. And He's going to judge you according to the things that are written in that book. And He says, if the things that are written in that book are unjust and unrighteous, if you've not believed, repented, and been baptized, if you haven't been faithful to Christ, He said what happens is you will be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. Notice that's the second death. So YOLO, you only live once and you die twice, is that right? You know, actually, what the Bible teaches is you will live once and die twice, or you will die once and live twice. That's what the Bible teaches. In this life, we will all live in this life, and we will all die at the end of this life. The big question is, when you're raised out of that grave, will you be raised to death or will you be raised to life? That's the big question. So, strictly speaking, you don't only live once. You will live again. And the ultimate life that you live will be determined by the choices that you make during this life, during this small period of time that you're here on this earth. And so my message to you tonight is don't YOLO your way through life. Don't be controlled by fear and anxiety, but don't YOLO through life. Pay attention to the world you live in. Pay attention to the life you live. Pay attention to the choices you make. And specifically, their relationship to Jesus Christ. What does He want you to do? How does He want you to live? How can you most completely honor Him. Is there something in your life that you've repented in lots of areas, but you said to God, you know, this area right there, I'm not, I'm not giving that one up yet. Is there something there like that? If there is, you need to give it up tonight. You don't know how long you're going to live. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know when the Lord's going to come back. But what you do know is you can make a choice to be wholly committed to Him tonight. So that as you lay your head on your pillow tonight and you close your eyes, you know that you know that you know that if Jesus comes back before morning, that you'll be right with God. If you're not right with Him, we do offer a song of invitation. If you'll come to the front and let us help you while we stand and sing.